my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, it's your pick this week. What are we going to look at? Well, Dave, after, you know, we had for your height only and I didn't want to send you or the listeners under, I wanted to even out. And it's a film that from the start of the VHS podcast has been at the back of my mind thinking, I've got to do it, I've got to do it. Um, So we're going back to 1980, Dave, and it stars Jake and Joliet Elwood. No, sorry, Jake, Joliet Blues and Elwood Blues, and it's the Blues Brothers. Nice. Now, what are your memories of this one? This one day, I've been thinking about this a lot because I know like we laugh and joke across the podcast that I have an extensive top 20 best movies ever. That really is about 50 movies. But this this is definitely in it. This is, again, thinking about it a lot. Like I always say about the Superman 2, Star Wars, even James Bond, that like I had these movies that were on a loop. So when he's got to me, Nan's, my mum's mum, and my granddad, my granddad worked shifts. So we would always, my mum and dad are working. We'd always like be sat there while my nana was cooking us dinner and that. We'd have different films on like the Superman. And I forgot about the Blues Brothers because my nana loved blues, the Blues Brothers as much as she loved the commitments. Like when we did the commitments, you know, she loved the Blues Brothers. And um, I, we literally watched this a lot to, to the point where I'll be honest, I've got it on DVD and I dug the DVD out this time to watch it on that which is about, oh God, it must be about 15 years old, this DVD I've got. Not a collectible, just a basic Blues Brothers one. But I think at some point in like the late 90s, 2000s, I got bored of watching it because I must have watched it about, probably about 40 times, I'd say, between 30, 40 times. But you know when you've seen it and seen it and every time you go round, something new's on. Like, and like we used to go through a thing where we and we watch Norman Wisdom films, even George Formby films day, which means nothing to a lot of our US <laughs> listeners. But I love Windows. Windows, yeah, mother, yeah. I love them. Norman Wisdom, I love Dave. I absolutely love Norman Wisdom. I can watch him now and still laugh at them. But and they're from the 50s, some of them films, 50s and 60s. But The Blues Brother was a really important movie in our family again because of the soundtrack. I grew up, my dad was into all like ACDC, Led Zeppelin. Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, Santana was my dad's favourite band, I've said before, but we also grew up with a lot of blues, Dave, a lot of blues. And it, there's not many things I got off my dad that thing, but my taste in music was pretty good. And uh, genuinely, the Blues Brothers soundtrack is on my Spotify, it always has been, and I said it last week, She Caught the Katie, which is the first song at the start of the movie, is one of my favourite songs ever. I love that song so much. And, and I said to you, I wanted to do it in the band, but it just wasn't in the genre of um, music, but I haven't watched this for about properly for about, I'd probably say seven, eight years just because I've seen it so many times, but oh, this time I'm I'm really interested to see whether you loved it or fucking hated it, but (laughs) it's so, it's not, it's so important, but the music, I love the music, Dave, because you've even got like John Lee Hooker in there, you know, when they go to get, um, Reefer Franklin's husband, mm-hmm. you know, um, yep. Matt, Matt Guitar Murphy. 
That's John Lee Hooker, one of the best blues players ever, who's playing that boom, 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 boom. Well, my dad used to play it all the time. Him and B.B. King, and you know B.B. King, obviously, but they were like the best blues players for years, Dave. So so I grew up on all that boom, boom, boom and stuff. So, yeah, I was proper. I'm going to be honest, Dave. I'm off work this week. There's nobody in the house. Full blast had this on. Now, it is usually sometimes full blast porn day, but we didn't have that on this week. And I had it on full blast. I was bopping away to the music. I proper enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, I think my memory is playing tricks on me. I mean, I mean, you mentioned about John Lee Hooker and that, but I mean, they're all in there. You mentioned Aretha Franklin. You've got um, James Brown in there, Ray Charles. Yeah. This is, how the hell they got amassed all of this musical talent these absolute legends of i would say blues but it's soul as well isn't it you know a lot yeah. of the stuff is it's not strictly blues i wouldn't say but um yeah I'd, I'd forgotten quite how many cameos there were in it fucking the guitarist doesn't half remind me of carl weathers though <laughs> i know he does he? he's built like he's a, a brick shit house yeah. isn't he he's, he's a proper guitarist as well when he plays sweet home chicago that is genuinely in you know matt guitar murphy he genuinely is a pro that's his real name as well a lot of the band are proper uh musicians you know that donald duck donny he's yeah. a bass guitarist you can, they all you can are. tell yeah, you know that, I know that. And I'm obviously I was just someone who shouted at the front, but uh, you know better than anybody. You can play the bass and and guitar and everything. So I watching it again, it's the appreciation, like you've just said, Dave. It's a who's who of the sixties, seventies, you know, and, and I wouldn't even put the Blues Brothers in there now. Blues Brothers, the, the look has been relayed. How many fancy dress parties have you seen people come as the Blues Brothers? Yeah. It's the easiest, it's the easiest fucking outfit to wear black suit black fucking shades and a, a trilby black trilby it's the easiest thing to do in it but it's still massive i remember seeing someone in the, an act do it in vegas and that so yeah i for me this is what forget all the taking the piss and all of the films this is what i think the vhs is about for me because this movie is a pop culture icon whether you like it or not it spawns so many things off it i think yeah absolutely yep Forgetting as well, you had Cab Calloway in there as well, haven't you? With the old yep. Mini the Moocher, yeah, work, great song. working at the working at the orphanage there, but yeah, absolutely iconic. And of course, if there's a few of you turning up as the Blues Brothers, ditch the hats. You got Reservoir Dogs, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, or if you tr- if you trigger off fools and horses, you've come as a show for days. Yeah. You know what I mean? you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> beats that episode of Del Boy. They come as Batman and Robin at the funeral, and he goes. He goes, I didn't know myself. He goes, well, if you'd come as a chauffeur, it's just like, what? But I remember watching it, and it's one of those movies, it's always sort of been there, always had it on video. It's not one that immediately comes to my mind, though, that I watched over and over again. Now, although I didn't recognise a lot of the, you know, the stars, like, I think I might have recognised Ray Charles, but not many of the others. Um, certainly not like Aretha Franklin or anything like that when I was a young kid. So I'm recognizing them more now. But I remembered almost all of it. I couldn't necessarily tell you exactly what was going to happen. But when it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. So yeah. I reckon I might have watched this a bit more than I actually remember watching it. Yeah. It's funny, but maybe it was on TV a lot, wasn't it, in the UK? I yeah, yeah, it could have been that as well. 
But I, I, the overriding sort of feeling that I had, you know, when I thought back to it was, it was, it was great for the music, but it was pretty boring. So apart from the music, bit dull. That that was yeah. that was what I thought I remembered about it. And it is a long one, this one, isn't it? This is over two hours, and I, I don't necessarily think it has to be. But I think when you're watching it as a young kid, a long film, chances are it equals a boring film, doesn't it? You know, yeah. so uh, yeah. you've got to be really sort of into it, action-packed, to keep your attention as a kid. So, yeah, like I say, it's, it's this weird mixture of emotions that I remembered it all, but don't remember remembering it fondly. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, honestly, I get it. I totally understand it, Dave. Because like I say, I went through a phase of not wanting to watch it because I'd watched it so many times. You know, you just... Like we always laughed about the on the Comics in Motion, the Hulk 2003 of Eric Banner. How many times have you seen that on a Saturday afternoon in the yeah. UK on ITV 2 or 3? It's on nearly every fucking Saturday. And I'm, it's not a great film anyway. So when you see it, I'm like, oh, for God's sake, do I have to see the dogs attack him at that fucking cabin again? How many times am I going to see that? Or Nick Nolte turn into a bloody big thing? <laughs> like he got, It's just, I've seen it over and over. And I know we put it comics on trial, didn't we? I went up against Tony and give it a load of shit, didn't I? But, yeah, it's um, it's a movie that that I think I think it almost comes to the point with me, Dave. A bit like Don't Look Back in Anger for Oasis in music, where and Wonderwall, two absolutely iconic, great British songs that absolutely resonate. And I think Oasis have had a resurgence over the last few years. If you watch on YouTube, Dave, these people, influencers in America who are loving Oasis and they're like listening to the albums and that, oh, you know, really? and they have like a, yeah, it's, it's fucking weird. So Oasis, they were listening to a podcast the other week and Oasis have had this research. This guy's, he's, um, he's from, I think he's from New York. Um, he's got an Oasis jumper on and he's about 22 and he's going mad over Oasis and that. But then he's talking about like the Gallagher's and he doesn't fully understand the situation. Like, I'm going to get them back together. I'm going to give them. It's like, hey, fucking good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But I think the Blues Brothers was a bit like that for me where I love them songs. But if I listen to What's the Story Morning Glory album, I'll skip track three and four because we did them in the band, especially Don't Look Back in Anger. So many times, I sang it so many times that I'm fucking bored of listening to it. Just like Sex on Fire, especially I Predict a Riot. You know, all them songs that I fucking yeah, detested. Yeah. You get the crowd going. And they were iconic UK songs, but they were just, I just sick of hearing them. So I think that's the sort of love hate relationship I had with this movie. And I'm so glad that it's been a, a good few years since I've last watched it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? About where do you actually place this? So this is another movie that came out in 1980, wasn't it? So a couple of weeks ago, we did Airplane, and there is a link to to airplane so um john landis actually directed this one and co-wrote it with dan Aykroyd. he directed uh the kentucky fried movie oh god yeah well you talked about that didn't you say the airplane was going to be a movie within a movie when yeah said that. that's it yeah so so there is this kind of link through to to airplane um but and and it came out of a sketch, didn't it, from Saturday Night Live, and and you know they they sort of born out of that, a bit like Wayne's World, I guess. But um, I don't know if I think about this as being a comedy or is it a musical? You yeah. you know, if I want 
to watch something and I'm really in the mood for a proper belly laugh comedy, I won't think of Blues Brothers. And if I think of a, a musical, I won't necessarily think of this either, but it kind of is, isn't it? Because, you know, you've got, especially when Ray Charles is tinkling on the old ivories, they're saying the action's gone and he just fucking kills it. Um, and you've got everyone dancing in the street. It's all very musical. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it, it's like a grounded story, but then it's ridiculous because you've got Carrie Fisher firing fucking rocket launchers at them. <laughs> they always <laughs> survive, but then they just act like nothing's happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Let's get into it, Dave, because I've got a few things on that. That this time, not just because we're reviewing it and we're becoming sort of semi, um, oh, not be disrespectful to you, but we, we're reviewers, aren't we? Now we review films that we love or hate or whatever. Yeah. But so we we have a different approach to movies. You know, most of the time, if the shit, if you sticks me, I stick you. I'm looking at the clock more than anything. But <laughs> you're picking out. You do enjoy picking out the terrible parts of the movie to talk about because it's a good talking point in it to go how have they got away with this and that so yeah. i'm with you on that but i have got a few things to say this time that quite surprised me watching it uh, interesting so okay well should we get into our trailer let's go you'd better get bright pal we got a show to do then we got to figure out some way to collect that gate money get it to the cook county assessor's office as soon as they open in the morning joliet jake and elwood blues Two men with a mission, and only 11 days. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. Our Lady of Blessed Acceleration, don't fail me now. For me and the Lord, you got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. Of space in this mall. How are you going to raise $5,000 in 11 days without ripping off somebody? We meet Jake Blues and he's released from prison after serving three years. He's picked up by his brother Elwood in the Bluesmobile, a battered old police car. Or former police car, I should say. 
Elwood demonstrates its capabilities by jumping over an open drawbridge. And then the brothers visit a Roman Catholic orphanage where they were raised and learn from Sister Mary's stigmata that it will be closed unless they get five grand and pay that off in property taxes. Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this one? Well, I, I think for me, Dave... I didn't necessarily want to own the Bluesmobile because I was in love with smoking the Bandit, the Cannibal Run and stuff like that. But this just sheer car chases, growing up collecting Matchbox and Hot Wheels cars on a loop. Every week I got a new car. I always, we haven't we had the Blues Brothers car? But we always had new cars and we had a little, you know the mats you used to have on the floor, Dave, but it'd be like a road and you'd, you'd oh, just yeah, drive yeah, around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we used to have all them, and we'd swap, and we'd do whizzing across the floor, me and my two uh, brothers, and we'd, like, whiz, like, which had the fastest car. And, we, and I was obsessed with cars as a kid, as you know, and, and that's why I love Smoking the Bandit. Now, this, the jump is very reminiscent of Smoking the Bandit 2, which had just it was actually out the same year as this, where um, Buford C. Justice is behind the Bandit, and they're all there, it's roasting, and he realises he's there and he jumps the bridge and then Buford T. Justice comes behind and ends up in the water. But it's very similar what the Blues Brothers do. It's a different setting. But you, see, you get all that with the car and obviously that's where the song is, She Cut the Katie, where they meet and you've got that whole white background like they sort of as if they're going up to the pearly gates or something. And uh, I just love that song. I could sing it all day long. But when they go, Dave, now I don't know about you, I don't, I've, we've never really discussed this. Are you Catholic, Dave, or Protestant? Uh, Church of England, so I'm not even sure. C of eight, yeah, yeah. Protestant, Protestant, yeah. So, so I was brought up Catholic. My granddad's, my mum's dad is Irish, um, my nana was English. My dad's, uh, my dad is nothing. He was brought up C of E like you, Church of England, but he, uh, he's not religious one. But my mum isn't. We end up going to a Catholic school because it was the better school in the area to where we were. Because I was christened protestant cv and then i became a catholic when i was about four because my whole my granddad's family is, is from belfast they're all uh, catholic and that and so we grew up that way i went dave so when he meets the nun and she kicks the shit out of him i went to a catholic primary school which was fine we had a priest and that i passed my 11 plus in an entrance exam and went to uh, a school called st ambrose in hale dave so don't even remember it when you lived there but it was um an all boys catholic school run by the christian brothers um monks who were priests they were dave the nastiest bastards ever fucking i was petrified of them they were the the one who was the head teacher was a little guy about 60 odd little stocky fucker if you talked or anything he would come in assembly just run down and just absolutely backhand your own see everyone was petrified of this little guy i remember a lad game remember a lad getting a plate of chips, Dave, right? So let's go to the canteen and we had to wear a blazer and you had school rules you used to have to write out if you did something wrong. I wrote them out a lot, actually, Dave, funny enough. But this fucking lad got a full plate of chips and slid him into his pocket off the plate, right? <laughs> and went to the till. Yeah, the priest only saw him. He was about two, he was about two away from me. And he went, you! And he was Irish as well. He goes, you, I can't do the Irish accent properly. So he come over. He, and Dave, he twatted him, like proper punched him and everything, like levered him. But he come towards me, you know, one of them ones where you're like, oh my God, what am I, what have I done here? You know, I was only 11. He levered, levered him. So watching this, it just reminds me, that's what they're like. I, I can say that as a Catholic, brought up a Catholic, the priests and not necessarily, well, I know the nuns were went at Sam's school. Actually, she went to an all-girls school, Catholic, and they were horrible in Cholton. 
exactly the same, petrified. And it's like, you're supposed to be religious. So when they do this, I think it's funny because that's what makes you laugh is they're obviously suppressed because they're not allowed to have um, a marriage or anything. They're, not to, they're supposed to be celibate Catholic priests where a C of E, you're not, you can get married. But this just reminds me of being a kid and when, when they're talking and they're swearing, but she, they're swearing, but she's kicking the shit out of them with a cane and everything. And I'm like, this is just like, honestly, Dave, I know it sounds daft, but I was laughing to myself going, I grew up with that because I remember getting into the Bobby Cholton soccer school uh, in the summer and I got picked and you know how shit I am at football but for some reason I got picked Dave and I ended up having to go and I had to go and see this head teacher and I was whacking it I was like to my mum just ring in six she went no you can't go in I went I don't care I said I'm going to ring it I'm not speaking to him and I had to go and see him and he was great he was a big United fan but what a bastard he was to everyone else in the school I was just like oh my god so this start is very reminiscent of my childhood with the, with the priests and that because of horrible bastards Dave horrible I mean, I haven't lived through that. I didn't go to a Catholic school, but I think that's that's pretty much the stereotype, isn't it? Yeah, and it's right. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, it's one of the reasons, Chris, honestly, I fucking hate organized religion. Now, I've got nothing yeah. against anyone who, who, if they take comfort from that, they want to live their lives like that, you know, fair enough. But I just find the people within the organizations are such fucking hypocrites. <laughs> you know, it's like, and you see examples of it over and over again. I mean, fortunately, it sounds like from your story, the the boy got away with the pasting. Could have ended up oh. in the barrel. It could have been worse, couldn't it? You know? <laughs> oh, Dave, it was horrible. And you know what? I just agree with that too. Well, put it this way, I got away with it, but I remember going to the religion. This is true, St. Ambrose in Hale's been done for like some really bad stuff. But I remember this the choir master and Dave, he was not a full shilling at all. You know who he looked like? You know the guy in Return of the Jedi who, who has that monster that gets beat up and he's English with his cross-eyed. So oh, yeah, yeah, little, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He looked like him, but he had like a blonde, uh, I never forget him because he stunk a like uh, aftershave. And everyone used to say to us, if you go in there, sing out a key. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, sing out a key. Now, obviously, you know I can sing out a key because you had to stand behind me all of years. But I can hold a tune to a point. And I remember going in there and just singing completely shit. And he's like, yeah. And I was a big lad then anyway, even when I was 11. So I think I'd be like, but there was, there was all sorts of stuff to come out about that school since I left, Dave. Around the time I was there with another teacher as well. Let's just say Jimmy Savile stuff. That's oh, all really? I'm going to say. Yeah, and nothing to do with me because Ian Brown testified at another one in Altrincham, but um, very similar. But I will, I do want to tell you one story, right? You're saying about them being bent and everything, right? Those your words, who... not mine. <laughs> they what, Dave? Confessions of a Catholic. <laughs> no, no, I mean, just fucking dodge. I don't mean bent that bad. I mean, just dodgy, yeah. like, you know. So, so the guy, we've got a picture, Jordan's Holy Communion. We've got a priest there called Father Carter. He's about 75, 80 now. He actually, I mean, he married my mum and dad years ago, 40 odd years ago when he was younger. He, right, is banned from every booking, bookies in the Old Trafford and Stretford area, right? And when Sam's dad was alive and he's passed away now, four years Les has been away, just before he died, we went into the bookies together. And I don't bet like that. I'll do the lottery, but I don't bet on horses and stuff like that. And we went in and I used to go with him and I go, come on, we'll go, I'll come with you and I'll put a bet on on a Saturday if we went for a brew and I'd put a couple of quid on. And then dad had all these Heinz, Perms, all these. He never won a fucking bean, Dave. In all the years I've known him, I've never known him win anything. So we went in. There's this fucking priest, right? In his priest outfit, but with no white collar. Right, so he's took the collar out. So Sam's dad goes, 
all right, Father Carter, how are you doing? He went, yeah, I'm all right. He goes, where's the collar? He goes, he goes, oh, fucking hell. He goes, I can't wear it in here. He goes, I'm banned from every book. He's around the area. And I'm like, you're a Catholic fucking priest. Are you nicking the offertory every week or something? That was the, <laughs> it's so wrong. It's as bad as fucking Clark Kent putting his, taking his glasses off and becoming Superman. It's like, take off yeah. the vicar's collar and no one will recognise me. <laughs> I'm not just saying that for the podcast. Me and Sam's dad looked at each other and went, fuck me. And, and, and that Sam's dad always used to say, there's nothing better than a fucking priest. You know, like just complete bullshit. He's obviously skimming something off the fucking procession there, Dave. That's so fucking wrong. But anyway, <laughs> that's why this bit means a lot to me because it's so fucking true and I can say it without anybody coming back at me. Let, let me tell you this, right? So <laughs> I don't think I've ever discussed <laughs> oh, <hang> this <laughs> with you. Right? I don't think I've ever told you this. So so obviously it, it wasn't a Catholic school where I was, but at the junior school, so I think down south they, they have like lower school and middle school, don't they? So, so this would have been the equivalent of lower. So I think, you know, in between the ages of seven to 11, you used to have like dance and and uh you know it's it's young kids in it so it's not like structured maths english science and all that sort of stuff so you know like once a week or something you'd have dance and that'd be with you know whichever teacher someone who could play the piano or something you know and, and you'd all dance around like kids and stuff but occasionally the headmaster would take the session Right, this old guy, this old bald old guy, like uh, he was called Mister Hall. He was, he's probably not with us anymore. And I remember, right, he always used to take, he always used to get the kids, all the kids, boys and girls, to take their tops off. So you had to do it, <laughs> right, <laughs> fucking shirtless. <laughs> yeah. Now, bearing in mind, you're talking like seven, eight, nine year old kids. So, the, you know. The top half of a girl is the same as a boy, right? But it's still fucking all kinds of wrong. <laughs> I remember discussing this with some of the, some of the lads like back at school. Like, fucking hell, it's a bit wrong that, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, and no one said anything. This went on for fucking years, and it's only one of those when you look back and you're like, fucking hell, he was probably right, dodgy old bastard. So, you know, <laughs> never ever knew anything official that ever came out of it, no scandals or anything. But like I say, you just look back and you're like, fucking hell, that was weird, wasn't it? Growing up in the 80s, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. It was... <laughs> I mean, that, we, me and you left secondary school. Like, we, we have, I didn't go on to, I went to college for a year, but we don't, we don't have the, um, the years in school like they do in America, do they? Now it's a bit more compulsory where you can go up to like 18, but literally at 16, we were out the door, weren't we? If you got a job, Jordan was the same. If you get a job, you can go. It's not compulsory. So we're quite I, lucky. I think you have to now. It's changed. Oh, yeah, it's changed. Oh, you have to changed? stay till oh, yeah. 18 now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Jordan, I think, in fact, now you've said it, I think Jordan, now she's 20, she just got away with it they were like pushing saying the school are going to ring now you know you said that saying right, right. if you haven't got a job you're gonna to have to go to college and all this they never fucking rang at all Dave. <laughs> what a nonsense but, but I, I do agree there was a teacher we had called mrs pearson miss pearson but she was like early 30s dave she wasn't stunning but she was athletic she did a lot of uh, triathlons and stuff i like him where this is going go on yeah yeah she, she wasn't uh, a <laughs> confession of a fucking uh, school pupil um but but yeah she, she used to we used to always play if she was doing our, like um 
PE, she'd always go, right, we'll go and we'll have a game of football in the uh, in, indoor like pitch and that. So we're like, all right, right. Uh, skin. So she would do the same. She'd make everyone take the tops off. But then you'd both have tops off on both teams and the ones on the other team would wear bibs over the, the torsos. And you're like, well, why don't you just put... <laughs> Bibs on one because we all have the same PE shirts, like a white shirt. Why don't you just put bibs on them? And you can tell who's who, can't you? We've all played football, but yeah. And even then, everyone used to say, "Go, oh, I'm sure she's fucking wanting a piece of different people <laughs> because it was just <laughs> fucking dodgy as fuck." Maybe that was a, a thing that everyone could just sort of get away with. Oh, just you know, take the tops off, see if they're a bit interested. Fucking dirty old fuckers. But um. <laughs> It was the compulsory <laughs> prostate exams. I was a bit concerned about. But, um... <laughs> you know what, though? Like, I, 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 we can't even discuss what I'm going to say, but you, you know, a 14, 15-year-old me and you, I don't know if you were the same, but there was always the dream, Monte Dave, of an older woman. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. That was my dream, that. Fucking hell, but when weird you, science. When you back, if, if, we, wrong. if I'd have been fucking 14, 15, and there was a weird science situation with Kelly LeBrock, I'd have been like a rat up a fucking drain pipe, Chris. I'd be like fucking dingy me. I'd like him off American Pie. <laughs> fucking hell, Dave. She wouldn't have even had to touch it. I'd have been fucking uh, making a right mess. So yeah, that was the dream. That was the dream. So so now we've got past these, these Catholic and... Uh, uh, dormant fucking <laughs> memories so you know when they go over that bridge though chris that that was the first yeah. indication for me that it's like huh, something I, i'm not supposed to take this very serious because the continuity was terrible you looked at where the, the angle of the bridge when elwood f- first puts his foot down and he he sort of accelerates to go and jump over the bridge it just looks terrible. It's too steep for him to actually make that jump when he yeah. sets off. I know it's just a silly movie, Chris, but it, it just bugged me. But it, it was like, say, that, that was the first indication of like, oh, they're not really taking this seriously. It's not like a, it seems daft for a comedy. But, you know, you it's, it's almost like cartoon rules. It's like Home Alone or something like that, isn't it? It's not the normal sort of rules of physics and stuff don't apply here. Yeah, you, you know what, Dave? I will I, I, say the same. Now, obviously, you know what? I've said all the films I love. I've watched loads of documentaries on the Dukes of Hazzard. The Dodge Charger was one of my favourite cars, again, growing up. And they had hundreds of them that were destroyed because they would do them jumps in the Dukes of Hazzard. And when you watch it, you're like, the suspension is gone. That is a flying brick. They are well heavy, them American muscle cars. And they wreck so many. So you see the same, Dave. Loads of films are like that. Ferris Bueller in the Ferrari. When that Ferrari goes through the air, it would have been fucked in real life. There's no way it would have just landed and created a bit of a spark or whatever. So, yeah, the continuity is wrong. But I want to pick up on what you've just said. I didn't realise watching this this time. I don't know why how it just doesn't take itself seriously. Hence, within the first 10 minutes, we get a bazooka shot at Jake and Elwood (laughs) when they go, well, actually, no, it's not within the first 10 minutes. It's after the car chase, which we want to talk about around the supermarket. But it's the, Carrie Fisher has, was obviously in between the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi at this point. And she brought with her the fucking aiming fucking thingy of the stormtroopers by the looks of it, Dave, (laughs) because she couldn't hit a barn door fucking anything. She was terrible, wasn't she? But, 
let's talk about the car chase, Dave, around the supermarket. I love that fucking chase. It is good. I, I was just, I've got to say, though, Carrie Fisher, early 80s. Oh, yeah. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. really stunning. So I, I, I couldn't really, again, it's not meant to be taken seriously, but the fact that she's feeling like a jilted lover of Jake's, I wasn't buying for a single second. <laughs> no, no. But yeah. It, it, it is. It's when that guy says, Dave, and he's like, you got us out of here, motorhead. And he went, okay. And he goes, and that guy goes, he goes anything else I can help you with? So he goes, yeah, have you got Elmo? And then the fucking car just comes through the Toys of Us. And then you get the Blues Brothers music. And they're going around that finger. That's brilliant for me. Really funny. Stupid car chase. But is that... Is that after he sees the light when he when he goes to see James Brown? Um, when he sees the light, because Jake's utterly not bothered, is he? No, no, it is it is after that because um, they go straight from the Penguin, obviously the, the nun, straight to uh, James Brown. He's Reverend Cleithus James, he's called, isn't he? Yeah, and and again, sorry, I've I've skipped loads there, but. That do you see the light bit, Dave? Fucking stupid. (laughs) It's when he's doing the old Highlander (laughs) backflips. John Belushi could do a backflip. He did it in the Blues Brothers musical, and he used to do it quite a lot. He always did that flip, but not them. That's not him. (laughs) No, that's not him. No, no, I'm not saying that, but he he used to be able to do that Uh. flip. He would do one flip on stage, but not... Uh, not the fucking gymnastic one that we see there, fucking down the, 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 uh, <laughs> down the aisle. aisle yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it, it's almost at the levels of uh, live and let die, you know, the voodoo stuff. And it's like, whoa. And they're all fucking going mad, aren't they? And he's like, Jesus hates Christ. I see yeah. the light. <laughs> <laughs> the band. And I'm thinking of me and you when I'm watching it. And you're like, we will never have that moment, Dave, going, the band. And like, no. I don't know. I mean, bringing it back, if oasis are having a bit of a renaissance we could dust off the old stuff get the band back together what do you reckon be a hell of a drive for you the money we used to get off the gigs wouldn't even cost you fuel <laughs> it was getting that way because i i live sort of south manchester didn't i and half the gigs yeah. were up by fucking blackpool or something it's like i remember looking at the map once and i was like it'd be as close for me to go to fucking Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, I don't know if you were in the band, you remember driving up to Cumbria, Cockermouth, which was about... Cockermouth, yeah, yeah. 170 miles from man, from my house. It was even further for you. And you're thinking, we've earned 40 quid here. We've just we've just about scraped a coke out of this. At the end of the, I know we're doing it for the fun, but that's when you were like, there's something not... And I was booking the gigs. I was the one who like, managed it all, didn't I? I used to book us gigs everywhere, but... <laughs> It wasn't one of my better ideas. Was it the Cockermouth one where there was about five fucking people there? And they were like, oh, you'll have to come back. You know, the, the owners and that. It's like, oh, how oh, can oh. you afford to fucking put bands on? <laughs> is this a fucking tax dodge or something? Because this is weird. <laughs> no, that was Carnforth, which is up that Carnforth, way. That was uh, Carnforth. Yeah, yeah. We went in, it was a massive room, wasn't it? And we'd gone in there and we're like, what the fuck are we doing in here? Yeah. I, 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 I never forget. I don't know if you were in the band. I never forget having a gig in Altrincham and there must have been about 100 people in that. I think, don't think you in the band, the band then it was the uh, the Australian bar in the middle of Altrincham. Um, oh yeah, we yeah. played it. Did, did you play with us? Birthday. Uh, no, that, that was the Barca bar in Manchester. Oh, Barca, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, and, and we played the gig there, and it was fucking rammed. Like, people were steaming. I never forget Sam and his sister just collapsing in front of us, like, just pissed. Everyone was pissed. <laughs> I had to carry Sam. Oh, I'm Stone Cold Sober. She was sick in my car. And I'm like, this is a joke. I'm supposed to be the lead singer. I'm supposed to be like the trailblazer, absolutely, you know, doing cocaine off the fucking carpet or something. And I'm there with my fucking glass off of water. Off the carpet. Fucking... Is that a euphemism? Oi, oi. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> 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 fucking diet coke there, Dave. You know what I mean? And then it's like, what the fuck is going on here? And they would, it was always the women who were fucking wanking. But I remember it being such a good gig. And in fact, it was Mark who. He was the bass player, I think, two or three after you, where he wrote all the music for Red Dwarf, the TV series. He was a very talented guy, actually. All the scores and stuff. Yeah, he was a very, very talented guy, Mark. And, um, what are you trying to say, like? He got a... No, no, no. He's near your old house, actually. He got a gig. He got a gig. Dave, you know what I've had you in the band over anybody. But uh, he, got, he got a gig at Jodrell Bank. There was a there was a pub right near Jodrell Bank, oh, which right, is obviously yeah, yeah. at the back of you. And it was the next night. So the Friday was just fucking crazy. It was an amazing gig. We had such a high. We get to this pub in the middle of a fucking nowhere near Jodrell Bank. And there was us. Mark's wife and two lads came in in the second set for one song and fucked off. And we were, we got the same money and it was the worst. I was sat there, I remember saying, saying, we don't book gigs like this anymore, please. It's soul-destroying. I know it's a paid rehearsal, but you're like, who's getting anything out of us yeah. singing to nobody? I know we're getting paid for it. And you'd be like, fuck it, it's easy money. But I love the interaction with people. I loved it like when people love the gigs, you know. But yeah, that was a, a bizarre gig, that completely bizarre. <laughs> Yeah, I just had a, a flashback then. Do you remember when we... we it, it was part of the old Phoenix Nights, wasn't it? When they did uh, 500 miles. It had a bit yeah. of a renaissance, didn't it? But there was a guy in the wheelchair. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> because the whole Phoenix Nights thing, you had the guy in the wheelchair there. And we did it, and there was a fucking guy in a wheelchair just like Phoenix Nights. <laughs> Brian Potter, that's what he was called. <laughs> looking at like, is someone fucking winding me up? Am I a candid camera or something? Yeah. On the, the fucking best, dance floor. <laughs> the best gig you ever got us though, Dave, was when you went, you got us at that mansion in Presbury where it was Dwight York and Sylvester were either side of us. And um, it was, we played in the conservatory, which was probably bigger than my house. Oh, remember for that hell, birthday? yeah, the birthday party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. House. That, that was an amazing house, that. And I remember the woman, someone had gone in the downstairs, bark and dropped a log. Oh, and the dear. woman went mental. <laughs> this was proper, like, footballer's mansion place, wasn't it? And I can't oh, remember. I think he was like, I think he was the CEO of a mate of mine. And like it was the company that he worked for, and he was into all like Oasis and Stone Roses and stuff like that. But it was like a proper fucking mansion in like it was it wasn't Alderley Edge, was it? But it, it was one of those type of houses, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I forgot about that. It's amazing, amazing. But anyway, Chris, back, back well to the there. movie. Right. <laughs> Let's get back. So yeah, you get you get this reoccurring thing. You get um, uh, Carrie Fisher's obviously trying to blow them up at, at different points. I, I do like when they're in the uh, the phone booth, and they just see the best in everything, don't they? They're not like down yeah. at all. You know, they get blown up, and then they're like, "Oh, it's about seven dollar in quarters here." <laughs> you know? But um, yeah, they eventually get their gig. And, and I have to say, I, I had a bit of sympathy for Aretha Franklin's uh, 
situation there because the Blues brothers, I mean, they, they, they're chances, aren't they? You know, particularly yeah. uh, Ray. Uh, sorry, Jake, not Ray. Um, yeah. And so, you know, to, to go off, it, she took like the fucking bass player and the, the uh, guitarist, but they end up, you know, getting this gig as the good old boys, Chris. Oh, fucking hell. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And the Dave, there is a lot. You look back at this, there's a lot of proper iconic moments in this. This fucking scene, the good old boys, is ridiculous, isn't it? I think it's Ray's, isn't it Ray's bar, Dave, they go to? Is it right? I can't remember. I just, I just remember that they, they blagged this thing and and again it's one of those that i just remembered this so well and and there's a lot of quotable lines that i'd I'd kind of forgot where they came from but they came from here and it's that line about oh we have both types of music country and western (laughs) (laughs) bob's country bunker raise rates yeah 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 i love that bit dave because that guy who's the lead singer of the good old boys is uh, i'm sure it's um not colonel decker he's out of a lot of 80s stuff like the a team as well he wasn't colonel decker but he's he's always sort of like a bit of a an arse isn't he a bit of a bad guy he's more like a tv actor but when they do it oh what's his name it's gonna bug me now um but he's, yeah, I know who you mean. And I recognize him as well. And I probably should have looked him up before we started recording. But again, that line about, you know, because Jake is obviously he's pretending he's some sort of uh, union member or something. And he's saying, you'll do well to say that with no fucking teeth. And it, he's just like that badass. And he, you know, he, he didn't play him, but, you know, you could see him as the sheriff in First Blood, say. He's just that kind of yeah. stereotypical arsehole isn't he yeah charles napier that's him napier yeah yeah in the in the a team a lot blue um starsky and all dukes of hazardies in as a reoccurring character Uh, i remember him well he had one of them faces but yeah when they go there and you know again and this is probably us being a bit self-indulgent but when we we've done gigs dave haven't we where we've gone to places and no fucker is into what we're doing at all and um I remember doing it, and you were in the bar, I remember doing a gig in Runcorn, and we went to it, and we said to him, we do not do social clubs. We do not do social or conservative clubs where it's bingos in between the sets, it's fucking find the key, you know, all that bollocks, proper, like, clicky, everyone's a mate and all that, and they were dead arsey and stuff. And we went to this gig in Runcorn, and we were setting up, and this guy come up to me, and he says, God's honest truth. A bit like what Bob does to, to the good old boys. He goes, what are you guys doing at the end? He went, we're the good old boys. This guy walks up to me, and he went, hey, Chris, you're right. Are you like the manager? So, well, I, I bought the gigs and that. And obviously, you know, he probably was looking going, he's not the manager. But, you know, <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, yeah, I, I bought the gigs and that. And, he's, and this guy went, uh, you've got a changing room at the back, guys, if you want to go and get changed. And we all looked at each other, and I went, get changed. He went, yeah, yeah, get changed. I've got a fucking Adidas trainers on, fucking uh, Adidas superstars, a pair of flared, probably rag- raggedy jeans on and a t-shirt. And we were like, where the fuck have we, where, why are we here? And all these couples are coming. And as we're setting up, we heard this crackling on the, the Tannoy system and the national anthem come on, oh, the, the English Christ. national anthem. And everyone stood up and it was like a football lineup. Like when you watch them on telly, like who's fucking singing the national anthem, who's not, 
Dave, everyone was watching us. There was about 200 people in this place at this point. And we were like, oh, my God. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. We, we were like, and I remember the drummer and bassist at the time, who's my brother-in-law now, the bassist. You could hear him laughing in the back, Dave, laughing his cock off. They were smoking weed in the change rooms and everything. And I've never been so fucking embarrassed in my life. It was just one of them, just like the good old boys, that that scenario of being booked at the wrong place. Yeah. And and I'd said, I'd said to the agent, we're not playing in between the bingo, that we, we will not do these gigs. We are just a pure pub gig. If they like us, they like us. If they don't, they don't. And he went, no, there's none of that. There's none of that. As soon as we finish, Dave, guy gets on the mic. Right, everyone, let's play bingo and find the key. And we were like, you fucking wanker. Went down like a load. Someone went, do you do Ronan Keaton? And I was like, fuck off. I'm never playing here ever again. You know, as you, you're telling that story, I was just looking. I, I was saying that, you know, old Charles Napier there, he'd suit like being a, a bit of an arsehole in first blood. I just looked. He's in fucking Rambo. Oh, God, yeah, he is. Yes, he is, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to go back and watch that one. But, uh, yeah, that, somewhere in my brain I was making that connection to to the whole First Blood series. But, um, but yeah, I, I love that whole thing, you know, about, you know, let's play a bit of Rawhide. And then they're doing uh, Stand By Your Man. <laughs> Just remember all that. But it, it, it all gets a bit Benny Hill, doesn't it? You know, so they they got paid two hundred dollars, but they drank three hundred dollars a beer. So you know, old Bob's chasing after him. You've also got um, the good old boys. You know, they they think they're shit as well. They uh, there was that Nazi fucking party, <laughs> wasn't there? They just drove over <laughs> yeah. the bridge. <laughs> That's when they go and get a Matt Guitar movie where yeah. for Franklin's think, and that again is a is a classic bit of musical stuff. I agree, Dave. And sorry to cut across you. I didn't realise how much really it's like slapstick because the stuff when Carrie Fisher is just blowing them up and they just get up, don't even question who's firing anything at them and just carry on with the day. Yeah. I just found that really bizarre. I'd never and the car stuff with the Nazis and that later on. It's just fucking stupid, you know? So there's loads of bits in it where I'd never realised this time watching it how it just does not take itself seriously at all. Yeah, you can imagine though, can't you? It would have been such a laugh to film this. I mean, they're, yeah. they're having a ball, clearly. I mean, you know, they, they're obviously having to stay in character, um, you know, both Jake and Elroy, but... It, it, they must have just had a ball doing this one. And I, I bet there was plenty of white stuff uh, consumed as well. Oh, John Belushi, Dave, definitely. <laughs> Elroy, Dave, is that his brother, Elwood? El, I, Elwood. I, I, fucking, Elroy. I, I think I called him Elroy before. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, what am I about? Elroy, it's fucking Elwood. Elwood and then I've just Elwood. gone and done it again. <laughs> Elmo, what, what do you think? Elmo, him. Yeah. <laughs> Elmo, yeah, I'll tickle me, tickle me Elmo. What do you think, though, Dave? Because John Belushi would, and Dan Aykroyd, the Saturday Night Live, this is where they, they came from, the characters, and they did the Blues Brothers musical, I think John Belushi's an underrated singer, you know. I think he's got such a good blues and soul voice. Yeah, I think they, they both do quite well, actually. I mean, I, there are so many great songs in this, aren't there? That, and like I say, I yeah. like when uh, Ray Charles is is doing, um, oh, twisting, what, whatever that yeah. song's called. Shake it, shake it, shake it. Yeah, I've been fucking yeah. singing away since I watched it yesterday. So um, it's just fantastic. I think... 
I could well watch this as a musical. And, that, and that's what I was saying. I don't quite mentally know where to put it. If I think a musical, I think something like Grease, something like that. But I don't really think of the Blues Brothers. But if there was less sort of quiet moments without the music, I think you could well consider this a musical. Mind you, we did Dirty Dancing a few weeks ago, didn't we? You could almost say that's a musical, particularly the end bit when you get, you know, Swayze jumping off the stage and then everyone's doing a bit of the thriller, you know, choreographed dancing. You know, that just doesn't happen at the spur of the moment, does it? So that for me is a musical when you get these unrealistic you know, spontaneous flash mob fucking dancing moves. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just think probably my favourite, I think, is the, uh, you know, everybody when they actually get to the gig. And I always think the way Dan Aykroyd delivers that is really, really fucking impressive because he's spitting out all of the, he's not quite rapping, but he's speaking very, very fast. You know, it's kind of in tune. Um no, I think the pair of them like were really good, and like I say, in particular, a bit of rawhide. <laughs> exactly, and one man we've got, one man we've got to mention, Dave. who's very underrated in this. In one of his first acting movies, he's the fucking legendary John Candy. Yeah. He's I, good. In I this. must admit, I completely forgot that he was in this, and he's almost—he's like the character in Home Alone, isn't he? Yeah. He's basically just that jolly. I mean, he's a copper, but, you know, he's kind of just that jolly, you know, I've got to do my job, but I'm going to have a good time doing it kind of thing. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a very small role, wasn't it, in this one? Yeah, it was. I mean, one thing I will say, holding my hands up, Dave, like, so so they do this, you know how difficult, I'm sorry to keep banging on about the band, but you know how difficult it is to get a gig somewhere and promote it. In 11 days, they have got to get five grand. So they have one gig at the good old boys, right? They're obviously a competent class blues soul band. That's what they were all about. They're all competent musicians. That's the whole thing of the, the film. But in one net, one day, they blackmail that guy in the sauna about his missus and they've got to <laughs> yeah. fill up 5,000 seat fucking um, auditorium. And it shows them done it like driving around the beach. He's like Blues Brothers, you know, and all this. And he's in the toilets where the good old boys see him. Someone's drew a picture of him in <laughs> yeah. that. So it's just it's reminds that me is of Dumb and hell. Dumber, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't like that film, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it is the the promotion that they do is fantastic in one day. No internet, no no. I know it's all for the film, and they fill it up. But I love that little concert bit because, to be honest. They earn 10 grand for singing one and a half songs. I know, yeah. They turn up late. We have Cab Calloway doing Minnie the Moocher, which is great. You know, we, you know, Minnie the Moocher. I love that. They come and do everybody. And then Matt Guitar Murphy does Sweet Home Chicago and does the top guitar, the guitar, the plucking of the, the guitar is fantastic. And they don't even sing that really. And then they fuck off. And that guy goes, uh, I used to be a bouncer here. There you go. There's 10 grand. I'll, I'll see you in the recording <laughs> studio. And that's it. They do a gig and everyone loves it. Yeah, but they're, they're, that's the ridiculousness of it though, isn't it? I mean, when, when they're doing Mini the Moocher, like the whole band is in the classic old crisp white outfits, aren't they? <laughs> you know, yeah, in yeah. The old jazz yeah. setup and everything. So, you know, it's, it just is a, a bit silly. And I think you just have to decide if you're going to go with it or not. No, exactly. And then after that, we meet Carrie Fisher, don't we? She finally catches up with him. We realise that he's 
ditched her at the altar. She starts talking about it. And he comes with all these bullshit stories. Like you're a school kid, you know, my dog's at <laughs> my homework and all this. We get every excuse under the sun, don't we? Um, she's still stunning though, Dave. Very naive, very, very stunning. And she was Stingy's daughter once. She, Debbie Reynolds, she was out of um, Singing in the Rain, Debbie Reynolds. That's who her mum was, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I fucking love that bit, you know. It, it's stupid, but the way... <laughs> Jake just walks up to her, all cool and stuff, and then drops to his knees. And he's like, "Please don't kill me." <laughs> I fucking love it. And I, I just think, again, it's just a bit silly because she he takes his shades off, doesn't he? Which, which you know, is, I found quite jarring because you know the pair of them don't do that at all for the rest of the movie. And uh, so he gives her a bit of a kiss and. It's so stupid, Chris, but I fucking laughed. <laughs> he, he just fucking drops her. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> it's fucking stupid, isn't it? And she's got the gun there. And, and that's the way you get that line. I mentioned it last week, did it, when I was teeing up what we were reviewing this week. And it's that there's 106 miles to Chicago. We've got a full tank of gas, yeah. half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark out and we're wearing sunglasses. And then he goes, hit it. And and. That's like Cannonball Run hit it when they do that with Burt Reynolds does the same. So as a fanboy, listen to that V8 go. But this film, Dave, this car chase at the end, right, had the most car smashes and damaged in a film for 18 years. It was 113 cars destroyed in this sequence now. Yeah. you know. Well, no, sorry. No, there was about three or four destroyed through the film, but there was about 110, maybe 109 destroyed in this bit at the end. You know, it's funny that, because I was saying, where do you place it? You know, is it comedy? Is it a musical? You could almost say it's a bit of a petrol head film as well, isn't it? Because there's a lot of stunts with the cars. Even when they escape from the uh, concert, you've got all the police cars out front, haven't you? Trying to manoeuvre yeah. to get out. And I remember thinking, fucking hell, that, that takes some coordination, that, you know, without smashing up all the cars. Because, you know, you've got fucking 20 cars or something there, all reversing and going back and forth and what have you. So, um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me how much of them got totaled there. But it, it it had a bit of a Benny Hill feel to me, I must admit. You know, again, yeah, just yeah. that silly bit at the end where through an episode, Benny Hill's, or, or through a sequence, Benny Hill's acquired all these people that he's pissed off. Usually the little bald guy, you know, falls into some woman's cleavage and she's chasing him as well. It was like that. So all the things that had happened to uh, Jake and Elwood throughout the movie, you know, have come home to roost and, and you've got the Nazis chasing them, you've got the army chasing them, you've got, you know, the good old boys chasing them. So, yeah, it, again, just, just a bit of nonsense fun, really, isn't it? It is, to be honest, because that what makes me laugh, Dave, is I was only expecting... Bane to turn up when every fucking policeman and policewoman is chasing them through Chicago. Criminals must have been having a field day because <laughs> it was just when they go down a fucking tunnel and get stuck there for three months like they did in the Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Rises. Rises, sorry, Returns. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises. It was ridiculous. And it's the way they're coming after him. And then you've got them, uh, the SWAT ones going, hut, 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 hut. And it's like these two guys who are unarmed. Yeah, they've, they've caused a load of uh, Grand Theft Auto damage in that, but they've got no guns. But it plays into the movie of them having to go up this building, 
get this signed and then it just handcuffs. And then I always love the jailhouse rock bit at the end because we used to do that in the band. So I, yeah. I love that. I love a bit of Elvis anyway. But when they do it, it's brilliant and everyone's going crazy and it, and it does a bit of a Heidi High thing, doesn't it, where it introduces everyone yeah. at the end as well. <laughs> so no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this review, Dave. I, I thought it was a nice something different than me absolutely putting you to the cross because you give us dirty dancing and i give you bmx bandit so i thought i can't do that to you you can give us fucking for your height only <laughs> well don't worry he's gonna get his day but i did like it actually he was i was pissing myself john's write-ups are sensational on the podcast. they are absolutely brilliant aren't they cheers up my uh my monday morning mondays aren't my favorite day of the week chris and uh, yeah, I do enjoy them because we don't remember what we say, do we? So, you know, capturing those highlights, um, it's absolutely brilliant. But um, Chris, should we get into our final review? Let's go. Now, Chris, I, I think you quite often you'll you'll take the lead. I'll, I'll go ahead and go first today. I have not seen this for, I would say, 30 years. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, I didn't really remember thinking of back to it that fondly. I, I just thought, you know, some of the music was great. I remember everybody. I'm pretty sure that had a bit of a resurgence in the later 80s, early 90s time, didn't it? I seem to remember it getting played on the radio quite a lot around then. And, uh, you know, I, I remember there were some cameos, but I didn't remember there were quite so many. I also didn't remember it as being just slapstick funny, you know, just not really taking itself too seriously. I thought it was pretty grounded, but, you know, it most definitely isn't. I actually really enjoyed this. I think I, the the perception that or the memory that I had that it was boring, I think it was probably just shaped from a, a being a young kid watching it. And what's clear is I must have watched this quite a lot because I I remembered so much about it, not just the the key moments with Rawhide and and things like that, and just the iconic bits. But yeah, really enjoyed it. You know, it was pushing like about two and a quarter hours, wasn't it? So yeah. you know, I could have probably done with it being a little bit shorter. Um, but yeah, now I really enjoyed it. So this one's a pleasant bill for me, Chris. I think it, it's not, and, and I wouldn't say it was the strongest pleasant bill either. I'm glad I've gone back and watched it, really enjoyed it. I'm not particularly chomping at the bit to watch it again. I think I could probably go a few years before I, I dust this one off again and, and watch it. What about yourself, Chris? Well, you know what, Dave? I've been running an R in, and I think great review, to be fair. I, I was interested in what you thought of it, because we've not usually we'll give each other a little hint, won't we, on text and that, and we haven't, we, we've not discussed what, obviously, I love it, and I'm really pleased that you enjoyed it. I've been running an R in myself, thinking, is this the best thing I've ever seen? Is it, is it up there with one of my best? I'm sending it to Cloud City, Dave, because the soundtrack alone had me bopping away. It's some fantastic... Um, music. I don't. I always say this, and I'm, I'm quite open. I, I I've not got many good fond memories of being a child, Dave. But the music is one thing that I can take from being a kid that was really up there. And there's loads of different things. It's, it's quite relevant to me because of my nana, who um, we used to stay at all the time. This was a film she loved. I watched it with her. And as the car chases, it's got 
the stupid police cars just getting decimated. That ridiculous, clapped-out, old, crappy ex-police car, which he does say at the start has got, um, you know, a, a police motor in it and all that stuff and transmission. So it gets away with the fact that, it's, for some reason, it can just cane all these, like, newer police cars. I bought into it completely. I, like I say, I have the Spotify playlist on my phone, and she caught the Katie, and even Sweet Home Chicago. I love the guitar bit at the start. I play him. I play. Uh, she caught the Katie. Probably I'm not just saying this. I play it maybe once, twice a week. So love it. So I can't put it anywhere else. But I was on an hour in, thinking, is it really? as good as I remember, but I'm like you, Dave, I won't watch this again for a few years because I don't want to ruin this experience. This is probably the first time I've watched it for a long time and really, really enjoyed it. I was really, really bopping away and singing full to the, to the point of, I'm so glad I don't have anyone living next to me because I was proper going for it. Like was it was a gig. <laughs> I loved it. I love it. So it, yeah, for me, it's going to cloud city all the way, Dave. Awesome. And I have to say, as soon as we've uh, stopped recording here, I'm going to put the soundtrack on again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Dave, the one's been playing my mind regularly, Dave. I like that. We've done some corkers, haven't we, for the music in the in the last few weeks and for yeah. comedy. You know, I know you didn't like airplane, but I fucking loved it. <laughs> um, I, what I was wondering, I think you mentioned commitments before. Do you, do you reckon this is a bit of an influence on commitments? Oh yeah, definitely soul into it as well. The, you know, the, yeah. the other James Brown segment in the commitments, not necessarily because of the Blues Brothers, but they definitely mentions because the you know the guy who comes from Aretha Franklin's place, they're supposed to be like the the bass player. Uh, yeah. he's a horn player. Well, yeah, yeah. originally that's who the Joey the Lips was supposed to be that guy because he had a long hair with a ponytail and a little moustache. Oh. So that's what the the influence of the character was, but he never was. It never was um you know, the proper thing. But yeah. And we always thought he was when we were kids. We used to go, that's Joey the Lips off the commitment. But he's not. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he's no, just a Suzuki, Dave. <laughs> just half the movie being, you know, putting the band together and, and the fact that it's, you know, it's not it's not a rock and roll band, is it? You know, it's it's a bit more like, bit, a bit more soul, like you say. Yeah. yeah. Very you good. Are. Very good. Now, Chris, how can everyone get in contact with us? Well, Dave, as always, if you want to um, get in contact with us at VHS Strikes Back, guys, on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. And if you do enjoy the show and you want to support us, get over to patreon.com forward slash VHS Strikes Back. And if you want to support the show, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So, Dave, we're at the stage and we're coming towards the end of the year. And we have got an absolute humdinger for next week that I adore absolutely adore and i'm going to do a bit of an impression now dave just to lead you into the trailer i don't know if i'm going to be able to give you're going to be able to tell what this is dave okay so i'm going for a chicago new york accent and it's going to sound probably more like mickey off rocky but here we go dave you ready for this <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath hey i'm gonna give you to the count of 10 to get your ugly yellow no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. One, two, ten. Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> That's not bad, actually. Not bad. Unrehearsed, un Dave. <laughs> As most things are. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it's going to be another John Hughes classic, Home Alone. <laughs> 
when the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation. Did we miss the flight? No, you just made it. Yeah! They forgot one small thing. Have yourself. I've had a terrible feeling. Did you lock up? Yeah. Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm-hmm. What else could we be forgetting? Our troubles will be ours. Kevin! Home alone. Police in the northern suburbs are on the lookout for a pair of burglars who are calling themselves the Wet Bandits. We know that you're in there. It's Santa Claus and his elf. Get off my property. This is my house. I have to defend it. Where's your mother? My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. What about your brothers and sisters? I'm an only child. Where do you live? Can't tell you that. Why not? Because you're a stranger. He's a kid. I mean, what can a kid do to us? Kids are stupid. I know I was. You still are, Marv. This is it. Ow! I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. I am going to get home to my son. Why did you kill that kid? Why did you take your shoes off? Why do you dress like a chicken? Gus Polinski, Polka King of the Midwest. If you have to get to Chicago, we'll gladly drive you. Hey, guys. Yesterday, he was just a kid. But tonight, he's a home security system. You guys give up? Oh, yeah, thirsty for more. From John Hughes. You know, I got a feeling this is going to be your best Christmas ever. A family comedy without the family. Home alone. Are you here all alone? I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. Directed by Chris Columbus, coming November 16th. Now, Chris, I would normally around this time be thinking about how am I going to throw you under the bus? But I think (laughs) this isn't a throw under the bus situation, is it? I'll ask you, how are you going to finish us off today? put you off <laughs> no come on give me your fucking 106 miles and fucking oh. that line i tell you what that's the best way to do it isn't it the the best way is when you don't know you're going under the bus or you think i'm not going under the bus oh yep you are <laughs> thinking hang on i'm not gonna put you under the bus but i am gonna put you under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much babe um, do, do you want to say it i can say it if you want you go for it you do it go on right it's 106 miles to chicago we got a full tank of gas half a pack of cigarettes it's dark and we're wearing sunglasses hit it that's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. Ding, ding. Bust you up. Go for it. 
Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid Yeah, maybe you ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I see you in six I must break you.